Oda, 30 feet away. Jumper in the air. He's got it! Lamar Odom has won it for Rhode Island! In traffic, off-balance shot. Thank you! Jared Terrell in Rhode Island has done it in the final five seconds on a circus shot from Jared Terrell. A career-high night for him and a victory for Rhode Island. Look it up, Dutton. Run out, Rowdy, look out! Oh, steal by Vance Russell off of Young. Three. Don't do it to him like that, Vance. Dribbles into the forecourt. Iverson going up. He dunks it home as the buzzer sounds. And Rowdy, the 8-10 champs. Welcome back to another episode of Rowdy Baseline, Rowdy fans. We're glad to be back in this holiday season. We hope everybody's having a great time, whether you're Christmas shopping or baking Christmas cookies or Hanukkah cookies or whatever holiday you celebrate. We're just glad that you listened to us, and Gary's alongside me for another great episode here of The Baseline. Yeah, we uh, got a jam-packed episode to talk about Rhodey's last four games and to talk about the amazing streak that Rhodey women's basketball has continued over the last couple games as well. So a lot to get to in this episode. Make sure to follow us Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Rhodey Baseline. And obviously do make sure to leave us a five-star rating. We appreciate all the ratings and all the listens uh, that we are getting on the podcast. But yes, uh, let's jump right into Rhodey men's basketball. Last time that we were on Rudy Baseline, we were talking about the lovely Providence College Friars and unfortunately, tough game for URI. Yeah, yeah, Gary. It was a tough game, but I got to say, I was. There were points in the game that I was impressed with the team. Obviously, it was not the way that we wanted it to go. I think the score isn't indicative to the game, if that makes sense. The game itself was highly contested outside of that five-minute run in the first half where PC just, I think it was a 17-1 to run, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Either way, PC went on a big run, and that was the story of the game. Right up until that run, Rhodey was hanging with them, the crowd was into it, but once that run happened, you knew it was going to be tough for such a young team to come back and win that game. Even in the second half, PC got outscored by Rhodey, and there were times there where you thought PC was going or Rhode Island was going to make a run. It's just PC's experience size was too much. I know everybody harped on the rebounding, and that has been an issue as we can see beforehand. But you weren't out rebounding Providence College that day. Providence College's guys, and I told you, Gary, in the seats, Providence College's guys have 50, 60 pounds on some of our big men and their fifth-year, six-year seniors, you weren't out-rebounding them, and I think that's ultimately where Rhode Island lost the game was giving up extra possessions. Now, the the one thing I can say, Andrew, is everyone can look at this, you know, say, okay, well, you know, they didn't beat PC, but they didn't get super killed, and they, like you said, outscored in the second, second half, 47-45. A couple stars came out, right? Team looked really good. You have to look at this as a positive, right? Now, obviously, we don't want to look for any silver linings here, but for a team that, you know, has a new coach, new faces, 
you know, they, they tried to stick around and, and PC was just bigger. It doesn't mean that in a year or two things can't change. You know, you look at it and you say, okay, great. You know, we tried, we did as well as we could, and and it just didn't work out for you in the end. You know, final score out there, URI loses 88 to 74 to PC. But you take it, you you take your battles with it, and you go and you take it to the next game. The last thing on the PC game is the turnover issue was great, but the the PC outscored Rhode Island 17-2 off those turnovers. But it was that closing minutes in the first half, the final 6-19, they outscored Rhode Island 43-27, but it was the rebounding and the struggling from shooting. But you also... I think it was a overall. It was a solid showing for the first for the first time. There were a couple of cool things that came out of this game, unrelated to the shooting aspects that I wanted to just comment on. First off, having Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry there, that was pretty cool to see, even though they were with the PC contingent. But to have two NBA All Stars coming into the Ryan Center to see college basketball, that was pretty cool. The other thing that I really, really, really liked, and I know you liked, Gary, was the uniform com- the uniform combos on both sides. Both teams kind of wearing throwbacks with PC wearing their 80s, ones that wear the Providence behind the back, and then URI debuting those beautiful, beautiful Keeney jerseys. Yeah, the Keeney jerseys that I uh, I agree most of the time should be our home jersey, but that's a discussion for another time here. But Yes, but that does lead you back into the mess that was that Wednesday night afterwards. All the pleasures and stuff that you had of like, oh, you can see things in the PC game went out the door against Brown. I mean, you had a seven-point lead at the half. You lose by a point. You turn the ball over 12 times. You get out-rebounded by eight points. You shoot 50%. From the free throw line, I just, the, once again, it was the rebounding. Rebounding has killed this team on numerous attempts, which I don't know if it's coaching or anything, but after that game, Archie Miller did say that he wasn't coaching the team very well, and I think, Gary, you may have some audio about some of his quotes. Yeah, let's uh, let's go to that audio now. You can tell they're a well-coached team. Our team right now is not a well-coached team. Players want to do well, but right now, coaches are doing a good enough job, period. You have to win that game right there. The guys have to understand how to win it. They have to believe they're going to win it. And at the end of the day, just the plays that kind of happened in about the last two and a half to three minutes really, you know, looked like a team that was, wasn't was well coached. And uh, I could do a better job for them. And uh, irritated right now, uh, disappointed for a lot of different reasons because I think, you know, our team is trying uh, but we just haven't found that confidence and we haven't found that belief. And at the end of the day, that comes from me. Yeah, tough comments there from, from Archie. One stat, Andrew, I want to bring up here, right? URI was outscored in the final five minutes, 12 to 1. Just couldn't get a shot off. And, and leading Brown to come back and take this by a point is, it, it hurt. This one really, really, really hurt. Yeah, it really, 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 really hurt. But it wasn't the last, I know the offensive numbers aren't the greatest, it was the rebounding. And that's been the story all season, and I keep harping on rebounding, rebounding, I don't know if it's just the big in me that is saying rebounding, but as Archie mentioned, it falls on him, and quite frankly, I have to agree with him. I love 
I trying to word this the right way. I love that we have Archie Miller, but at some point, I know we're rebuilding and it's going to be like this this year, but at some point, when does that welcome mat end and we can start questioning decisions? There was one decision. I First off, I love that we finally have a coach that takes the blame and says that he needs to do better and doesn't blame it on things. He knows he messed up and he knows he needs to work better and he let the fans know that, which last year we all know Cox was coming up with excuses. There was no excuses here. He said it was on him and quite frankly, it was on him. I think the biggest issue or my biggest quibble with him, A, the rebounding, the free throw has the free throw line they've gotten a lot better at throughout the entire season. My question was, you get the rebound with, I believe it was about 10 seconds left on the clock, and you don't call a timeout. Why You had two timeouts left. You don't call a timeout, and that possession was awful. Not saying they would have scored or won the game or anything if he had called the timeout, but I just think calling that timeout, I know you're letting Brown set up their defense, but calling that timeout, you can get the ball in the person's hands. You want to get the ball in in their hands. I just think that was his biggest mistake, and he fessed up to it. Not necessarily saying that he would have called the timeout, but saying that it was his his issue. It was his problem, and he needed to figure it out. And he felt bad for the players. And we haven't seen that, and that was refreshing to take. And I think throughout these games that they lost is going to prepare them and make things better. In the long run. And quite frankly, we saw that going into the next game that we're going to talk about, which is the Army game. Which, before we get into the Army game, I just wanted to give a quick little shout out to the Army Black Knights and all of what they do for our country and how honored it was to play them on such a special day for the Army program with the Army-Navy football game that they were able to pull out a great win against Navy. That was one of the best college football games I've ever seen. Normally, I hate and scream and holler at all the visiting teams, but I couldn't. I, I can't do that to the Army Black Knights who came in to Kingston. And I love that their coaches wore the football jerseys, Gary, but I just wanted to take that time to say thank you to all not only just them, but all our servicemen and women across this country. Now, this game for URI after loss to PC and the loss to Brown almost was very similar to that Brown game. They they had a double-digit lead. It shrunk to a one-position game in the final minutes, but they were able to luckily get some growth, hold on to the lead, and pull away down the stretch to, to take this one, thank goodness. Because I think if... We lost another game of the Ryan Center close again. I may have screamed and ran out as fast as I could. And, Gary, I did learn my lesson not to uh, say anything during Rhode Island free throws. If you sit in our section, you know that that's been a point of contention that I tend to talk during our free throws and may or may not have been the reason why we lost against Brown. But uh, 203, row D, B and C. Love you guys yeah, forever. So, uh, <laughs> so URI able to pull out the win against Army. Big game for this team to, to come out. Ish like it, 16 points. Brown Freeman, 13 points. Jalen Carey, all three of them in double digits. Yeah. I think that first half they played in that game was the best half of basketball I've seen them play all season. They had a 14-point lead at the half. Quite frankly, they shot 50% from the field. 
86% from the free throw line. They out-rebounded people. The only number that was... They out-rebounded Army by almost 20 points. My only issue was the turnovers again. They had 15. That's going to jump up at you. But it was the best half of basketball they've played. But Army, quite frankly, like Army does, they did not give up. I wasn't expecting them to give up, but... And like Gary said, they almost blew it, but luckily they did not. And that was, I think, the difference between that game and the Brown game, and what I think the Brown game taught them, was to finish. And they finished this game. I think that's a big word, and I believe Archie brought that up, was finishing. They finished, they finished, they finished. The first half, they shot 48% from the field, 85 from the free throw line. Second half... They won that one. They won that game on the free throw line. They went eleven deep on the team with everybody pretty much. You had balanced scoring. You had one, two, three, four, four guys in double digits. You have four guys in double digit scorings. You're gonna win majority of your games. You had Malik Martin leading the team with twelve boards. You had Ish Leggett getting a triple double. You had like that was a well balanced attack. Even the bench, the bench played well. The bench had twenty seven points. You had. 15 second chance points. That, outside of those couple minutes in the second half where Army made their run, which every team makes runs, that was probably their best game of the entire season. And luckily they were able to pull out the win, which led them, quite frankly, in my opinion, Gary, to the game of the year so far that we have seen. Then that was by far one of the best. I mean, it didn't start that way. Believe me, you, that game was ugly in the first half. Yeah. The uh on both sides. We, we had UMass Lowell with an eleven and one record coming to the Ryan Center. I'm not gonna lie to you, Andrew. I said before the game that, that I didn't think it was gonna work out for us. I didn't think you were right had a shot, you know. I the spread was minus one at tip off. Didn't believe it. I completely I think you and I both said that if they go down twenty we're gonna leave early and we don't normally go down we don't normally leave games. But before, like, I'll bring up some points, but the the score was tied eight times. Leads changed seven times. Just to give you a hint of how ugly the first half was compared to the second half. In the first half, Rody shot 23% from the field, 11% from three. UMass in the first half shot 33% from the field and 42% in the first half. In the second half, UMass shot 45% and Rhode Island scored 46% and 50% from the three. That's about a 23-point difference from the field and a 39% difference from the three-point line. Not to mention they were 7 of 9 in the first half and 12 of 13. Over Those free throw numbers are unheard of in overall from the free throw line. URI shot 22 of 26. When was the last time a URI team shot 80-plus percent from the free throw line in a game? The story of this game in the second half, URI was able to cut off a 12-point lead, which showed amazing growth in this team, and I was so happy to see that. But in the last minute, and Archie, URI got the rebound on a missed free throw. Archie called the timeout with 6.1 seconds. Brought Brayon Freeman back into the game, who has been sitting for three or four minutes, which confused the crap out of me. I know Brayon's not the best defender, but he's your best offensive player. 
I think if maybe Brayon's in there, who knows? You're not even going to overtime. But that's a whole... We'll get into that another time, maybe in March. But he brings Brayon Freeman in. They draw a play. He calls a timeout. He sets up the most amazing after-timeout play to tie the game and send it to overtime. Which later in his press conference, Archie comes out and tells all the assembled media which we have the audio of it. The last two times we've called that play, it's been here at University of Rhode Island, and uh, they both ended in game-winning threes for the team that I coached. So we brought it out of the bag, and uh, it worked again tonight. So uh, that play that play obviously has had some success in, uh, in the Ryan Center. He's used this play twice at the Ryan Center to win games, and I remember one of them. It was against Dayton, and I was in... I was in I was in the ruckus, and I remember screaming "Fu Archie!" and and now Archie's on our team, and I'm glad he drove up the play. But that once Rhode Island tied it, I knew they were going to win it in overtime, and they they just I know they only won by tw- two points, but they they took over in overtime. Ish Leggett drew a foul, which I thought was weak, but watching the rebound. It wasn't a weak foul, and he buried two clutch free throws because he wasn't going to let a Boston College happen again, like he said. Coming out of this, we have, as of right now, as of our recording, we don't have an injury update, but Joseph Belio, sorry if I mispronounced his name, still learning it, did go down with what appeared to be a non-contact knee injury in the second half, so all the best for him. But the one thing that I can say about these two wins that I think is a big, big thing that we need to talk a little bit about, Gary. And I hate to do it because I hate biting on my own word, but isn't it funny how when a certain somebody returns to the lineup, Rhodey starts winning? And that would be the man, the myth, the one who's making me bite my own words and actually start liking him. Yes, Rhodey Baseline fans, after all the trash talking I've done, I am starting to realize that Jalen Carey is a very good basketball player, and I hate biting back on my own words, but I don't think if you don't have Jalen Carey these last two games, you don't win these two games. I I I, I can't believe my eyes here. It, it it actually happened. You 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 just said that you like Jalen Carey. Fi- yes, scary. Oh, my I goodness, did. My it's a Christmas goodness. miracle. I'm, it's a oh Christmas miracle. Don't get me wrong, he still has his moments where he screws up. I'm looking at the box score right now. He had four turnovers against UMass Lowell. Don't get me wrong, he's not perfect, but I can I can deal with it. Yep. Definitely. And I don't think you I don't think you win those two games without Jalen Carey. That's right. I know usually Andrew's hot take comes at the end of the episode, but that's my hot take. <laughs> you don't win those two games with Jalen Carey, and I think Jalen Carey is gonna be the reason why you probably win against Georgia State. You probably win against Milwaukee. And probably why you will finish in the top eight, top seven of the Atlantic 10. Because quite frankly, the Atlantic 10, not doing as well as we thought they would be doing this year. And we'll get more into that with our next episode as we will be previewing the A-10 with a very, very, very special guest that we cannot divulge at this point in time just telling you that it's the biggest guest that we've ever had and he has no affiliation with the university so do with that with what you will
Yep, that is the only hit that you get. So, URI men's basketball, two games coming up uh, this Sunday. They have a game against Georgia State. Games at 2 o'clock on ESPN+. And then back at home on Thursday, right before Christmas, against Milwaukee. That game at the Ryan Center at 7 o'clock on ESPN+. And your view, uh, two biggies for URI. And then a 10 play right around the corner on New Year's Eve against Duquesne. Uh, so, this team has two more games into the non-conference schedule. And obviously, with a 4-7 and seven record at this moment. So... It, when it comes down to it, it you know, you, you look at the record, don't look at it quite yet because there's still a lot of games to be played this season. I think, but to tap on that, Gary, I think if you can win these two games, be at 6-7 and seven going into non-conference play or going into conference play and look at some of these games, you can make an argument you should have won the Quimpiac game. You should have won the Texas State game. Should have won the BC game. So, grand scheme of things, you probably should have three more wins and be about 9-4 and four going into conference play. But with how things have gone, I think if this team can be 6-7, and seven, steal that first game on New Year's Eve against Duquesne in A-10 play, be 7-7 seven seven going, going into 2023, I think you can consider that a good first chapter in the Archie Miller book at the University of Rhode Island if 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 what I'm thinking is which I think that would be fair I think going into the season we all expected more but I think seeing how things have played out if you're seven and seven going into 2023 I think we can all accept that yep you're right about that and now switching gears uh, to the other team that plays in the Ryan Center, the Rhodey women's basketball team. Now, obviously, we apologize for any fans who have been listening to our podcast that have missed our women's uh, portion of the show. Unfortunately, with everything that happened the last episode, we ran out of time to be able to talk about them. But this team has done a phenomenal job since we last talked to Timmy. You apologize for us not covering them, but... Quite frankly, there's not really much to say except they're kicking ass and taking names. I don't even know if I'm allowed to say the word ass on the podcast, but I don't know what else to call what they've been doing. After losing to after losing to Harvard, all we do is win, 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 no matter what. It's true. So, Rhodey Women's Basketball is on a nine-game win streak. They lost their first game at Harvard, 88-74, to and have won nine straight Six at home, one away, and two on a neutral site. And you weren't playing... I mean, obviously you had a couple of those so-called cupcakes, but you're winning games where you have adversity. We all remember the famous Tammy Tammy Reese quote where she said they couldn't guard her mother. They still won that game. They played Providence. They won by two. Gary and I were at the Coppin State game. That was a very, very tough game. They won that game. They went down to Florida, won handily both of those games they played a tough buffalo squad beat them by 16 and then this past week they got their revenge against quinpiac from the nit where that was a one point game at the half and they managed to come back and win that one by eight i mean then they got a big they got a big couple of games before they get to a10 that could very well decide if at the end of the season if they're at the top of the a10 with umass like we're predicting where if they can get these next two against Wake Forest and Princeton, 
you could make an argument that they could be getting ready right there for an at-large bid if they don't win the tournament in Delaware in March. Yep, this team has looked phenomenal. They, they're they working really well. They're still a work in progress. Tammy did bring up that quote the other day about defending her mother um, with them, which which happens, you know, but they're, they're still trying to, to work through it. But to win nine straight games for this roadie women's basketball team is crazy. And, 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 you know, they do have, they do have tough games coming up, but you know, this is what they're looking for, right? They head to uh wake forest on next Thursday when the men are at home, that game at one o'clock on the ACC network. And then they play a tough Ivy league school in Princeton uh, Wednesday after Christmas at two o'clock, two tough games coming up to then come home on new year's Eve for a game against Duquesne to start a 10 play. But this team has the, the, the train is moving and they're not stopping. And the one thing I will say, Gary, Coach Reese told us in her preseason interview with us, this team was going to play fast. And when you and, I, you and I, I mean, we haven't gotten to as many home games as we would like to this season with obvious reasons. But the game we went to against Coppin State, I can't remember how many times I told you, holy crap. They get the ball up that court pretty damn quick. I can't remember the last. I can't remember the last time I saw a team move the ball up that quick, men's or women's. And not to mention, they're getting scoring from everyone, and I mean everyone. You had Sophie Phillips is having like a breakout year this year. I mean, she barely played last year, and I think two games ago she had twenty some twenty plus points. Sophie Phillips, if you can have her coming off the bench after you have Dolly Karen's banging threes, then you have Sophie Phillips coming in banging threes, you're not going to lose many games like that. Um, but in the fact that you can go 9-10 deep like they are and everybody, and not take the gas off the pedal, that's just an testament what Tammy Reese has put together here in Kingston. And I think, quite frankly, you'll learn a lot over these next two games. And then I think that Wednesday, January 4th, trip to Amherst, Massachusetts to take on the University of Massachusetts, the other favorite in the Atlantic 10, is going to be a good good barometer test for this squad and the aspirations that they want to get to this year. And I think that's the one you circle on your calendar. If they can get to that one with three more wins and on this winning streak after that... I'm not a. I don't. I haven't really done a lot of research yet on the women's A10. But if you can get by that one, you have a very good chance of starting out A10 play. Going, then you get February 1st. You got St. Joseph's coming back to the. Coming back to the Ryan Center. You're looking for some revenge from last year's A10 tournament loss. You very. If you can get to that St. Joe's game, you could start talking about possibly going undefeated. The, the. Atlantic 10 play, but I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but I think the women's team is, the women's team is definitely on that, on that barge to get to March Madness, and I don't think, barring, barring unfortunate circumstances, I don't think that train is stopping until the beginning of April. Yeah, that is right, so with that, I, Andrew, you already did your hot take, so Unfortunately, that's already been done. I got another one, though, since it's the holiday. Ooh, okay. Hot take. Chocolate chip cookies and chocolate milk. The best Christmas cookies. All right. I'll take that there. Or the or the, or the the ones with the frosting. 
The sugar ones with the frosting. Yeah. Chef's no, kiss. No, thank you. Nah. I'm good. I'm, I'll take a. I'll take a Snickerdoodle, all day. Or well, Gary, are you a are you a are you a real Christmas tree guy or a fake Christmas tree uh, guy? I have to go fake. I never had real ones as a kid. Oh, it's real Christmas tree for life, man. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. But with that, that ends our holiday episode of Rudy Baseline. When we chat with you guys, it will be after Christmas, so we do want to wish all of you guys a happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa, Merry Christmas, whatever you celebrate, happy holidays to you and your families. And obviously, we hope to see you at the Ryan Center for the last game before Christmas happening next Thursday against Milwaukee. And don't forget, your eyes a game Sunday, 2 o'clock against Georgia State. And don't forget the women's team also has a game next Thursday, 1 o'clock, as well against Wake Forest on the ACC Network. With that, that ends Rody Baseline. Make sure to follow us Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Rody Baseline. And as always... Yes, Rody Nation, spend the love this time with your families. We'll see you after, the, after Christmas. And most importantly, go Rody! Rody!